Hello and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. Today we have four immortal guests. We have Ooh. uh fine. We have four um legendary guests. Ooh. Uh we've got four guests who are responsible for the rise of humanity and possible Ooh. destruction of it. <laughs> All right, your turn. Just do the obvious one. Oh. <laughs> All right, we've got four eternal guests. We've got Doug Obeski. Hello, thank you for not calling us deviant guests. <laughs> Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here and immortal. Kevin Fredvogue. Hey, thanks for having me on. And Tony Huff. Hey, glad to be back. So we're here to discuss the 75th installment of our Merry Marvel Movie March. We're discussing the November 2021 film Eternals. Eternals is the story of Dennis Icarus, who is the lead singer of a band called the Eternals. And they go to a house party to play as the house band. And while they're there, they learn that the house is haunted. And if they stay inside it for 24 hours, then they will get the deed to a nearby silver mine. And so they jam all night. And the ghosts really like it, and so they dance with it, and it's just a concert film. And then they get a silver mine. And then while they're exploring it, it collapses on them. (laughs) (laughs) Really changes the context. (laughs) And then the credits roll, and then it says, Eternals will return, question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Did I get that right? It sounds right to me. Unless anyone wants to correct him. I think I watched a different film. What did you watch in three sentences or less? I watched a film about getting the band back together. So I think maybe I watched the sequel. Did you watch the Blues Brothers? (laughs) (laughs) Do you watch the Blues Brothers again? (laughs) You know, I did think there were a surprising number of Nazis for a non-World War II Marvel movie. (laughs) Three sentences or less. What do you got? Oh, uh, you want like an actual one? Oh, sure. Yeah, give us the TV guide synopsis. Drawing heavily uh, upon Earth mythology and Mormonism, (laughs) Eternals is the story of a bunch of ancient people who have secretly guided humanity's evolution. You get two more sentences, but you don't have to. <laughs> I guess that literally it depends okay. on what Con- section of TV guide. Like if it has a big special box <laughs> or if it's like- <laughs> conflict arises when they question what exactly they're evolving towards. Fun to go. And for some reason the Black Knight shows up. <laughs> <laughs> they really they really <laughs> mailed it in on that third set. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the intern was left alone. <laughs> he was feeling kind of grumpy. He's, you know, he's had a long day writing so many three-sentence synopses of movies. <laughs> he knows no one's reading them. Right. He probably had to run back home to watch the rest of his <laughs> so he could catch the podcast at the right time. That's right. <laughs> so Eternals as a property. That's the wrong way to put this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many people... Had- <laughs> Disney, put it exactly that way, Adam. I know. I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying to be better than the Bobs. Well, then you got to talk about how it's a Kirby Mm. classic. I will. So Eternals, the comics, which I reread most of in preparation for this up to 
13, 14, something like that. So Jack Kirby, as you may or may not know, is responsible for creating slash co-creating delete according to preference many of the primary marvel characters um including captain america the fantastic four the hulk characters like that well he and marvel had a bit of a falling out in the late 60s early 70s basically he felt like probably rightly that he wasn't really being treated very well so he goes over to dc and he makes a bunch of comics called the fourth world that involve these new gods uh, led by a I don't know if led but one of them's a big guy named dark side and he's pretty bad well kirby starts to feel jerked around a bit at dc and marvel entices him back and says hey you could come back we will give you more or less free reign to do whatever you want go for it and so he does he comes back he does black panther he does some captain america And he creates his own new comic book called The Eternals, which is kind of a lot like the fourth world books he had created over at DC. But basically, the idea of The Eternals is that a long time ago, there were these creatures, these aliens called Celestials, who came to Earth and decided to create two different strands of humanity to kind of see how humanity might evolve. Uh, On the one side, he had the Eternals, who were basically unchanging, perfect, godlike creatures. And on the other hand, he had the Deviants, who were constantly changing and evolving and, yeah, basically full of mutations. And then humanity also existed as kind of the control group, I guess. So the Celestials do this, they go away, they come back uh, like a thousand years later or something. They'd find that the Deviants have basically conquered all of the planet and uh, are ruling from the continent of Lemuria. And so the Celestials are like, nope, we're not letting that happen. So they destroy Lemuria and basically sentence the Deviants to live under the water. Uh, At the time of the Kirby book, they have returned for the fourth host, I think. And they're there to judge whether humanity and earth should live or die and so basically the eternals book is very much an ensemble book that goes around and shows just like some of the political maneuverings while this is happening like how the deviants are reacting like they're going to try and kill the celestials how the eternals are reacting they're going to try and make sure that humanity gets the thumbs up it lasts 20 issues total, I think, before it gets canceled, which is roughly on par for most of the Kirby 70s books. And then more or less disappears until the early 80s when the writers of Thor decide, hey, let's bring all the Eternals and Celestials into the Marvel Universe proper because the Eternals book had been kind of its own thing that hadn't really referenced the main Marvel Universe. And it kind of acted as if that didn't really exist. Basically, the upshot is that humanity gets the thumbs up, thanks to the help of, like, Thor and other people. Uh, Then the Eternals kind of lays fallow for a while. There's a miniseries in the 80s that is political maneuverings, whatever. Um, Probably the most interesting one is in about 2004, 5, 6, somewhere around there. Uh, Neil Gaiman does a seven-issue miniseries that he sort of um, advances the the Eternals a bit, such that 
uh, now instead of just being like offshoots of humanity, now they are in fact sort of like synthetic beings who can't be killed, more or less. Is, and the is deviants, that the one which uh, starts with Icarus uh, being strapped to the business end of a particle accelerator and uh, like getting obliterated? Uh, that's like issue two, but yes, oh, it is that okay. series. Yep. Okay, that was a good series. In that series, they're worried because there was another Celestial who at one point rebelled against the other Celestials for reasons I don't remember, but they imprisoned him in the Earth on around San Francisco, roughly. And they're worried that if he ever wakes up, it would be the end of the world. So I think roughly that very loosely ties into what's happening here. Pretty much all the characters that we see in this movie were in the uh, comic series, although many of them have been modified in terms of like race and gender to be more inclusive, which, you know, cool. Thumbs up. Let's see, uh, Makari is a guy in the comics. Kingo is a Japanese samurai in the comics. Ajax is a dude. Yeah. You know, it's the 70s. So Icarus is blonde. Icarus is blonde. Yeah. That's a very broad overview. As far as the movie goes, uh, it seems like no one really had thought about making an Eternals movie until they announced it in like 2017, 18, something like that. And I think everyone's collective response was the Eternals? Really? Okay. But uh, yeah, as far as the production goes, I don't think there was anything too exciting or like newsworthy. Other than A, they have a Oscar winning director, Chloe Zhao as the director. Um, she our first Oscar winner to direct one of these, Charlie? She might be. I mean, I don't have that at the tip of my fingers right now. I don't want everyone to sit here while I try to look that up. <laughs> All right. We'll assume that she is. What did she win an Oscar for? Nomadland. Which was after she was tapped to film this movie, too. Yes, but before this movie came out. Has anybody here seen that movie? Yeah, Charlie? it's good. Yeah. I've only seen two of her movies, but both of them are kind of... They make you think, really, she's going to direct a Marvel movie? Okay. Don't know how that's going to turn out, but why'd you choose her specifically? Wait, hold on. Is When you say two movies, is one of them Eternals? No, I'd also say in The Rider, which is really good. Okay. For a moment there, I was worried that you were saying you watched The Eternals and it made you think, why would someone tap this person to direct The Eternals? <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Like, we could talk about that. Is it fair? <laughs> seems unfair to me. It seems unfair. It's a fair question to ask. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, the Perhaps the most exciting thing is apparently during filming in the Canary Islands, um, they stumbled across a UXB from like World War II. So that's fun. What is the UXB? An unexploded bomb. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't realize they even had USB back then. <laughs> we'll Evidence of ancient aliens. <laughs> I don't know why that really got me, but that was what I needed. <laughs> uh, as a uh, follow-up, there's an, at least an article that says Marvel has its first Oscar-winning director. Cool. Yep, mentioning Chloe Zhao. So, how, how do you pronounce the director's name? How, how am I supposed to pronounce the director's name? I believe it is Zhao, which is not, I think, easy to come across. I think I've looked up specifically how it's pronounced, and I think people basically everywhere pronounce it differently. Uh, looks roughly like Zhao. Okay, and the first name? Chloe. I think just Chloe. Yeah. 
Because it's not her actual first name. Sorry, that was a joke. It wasn't meant to be taken completely straight. Well, <laughs> I mean, it has the it has the little mark above the E, so you never know. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, geez, that is kind of confusing. Then I would assume it'd be like Chloe. Had you seen this movie before? <laughs> I, for one, had not seen this movie before today. What about you, Tony? Have you seen it? I had not seen this movie before, and it was one of those movies that I had seen uh, the like uh, the trailers for, and I was like, ooh, I want to watch that. And then knowing that I have uh, the podcast, I just waited. Yep, I just waited for the podcast, too. And I November 21, that's still COVID times, right? <laughs> that's still sure. thinking about whether like, you really want to go to the movies or not. Yes. I guess I saw this during COVID times in theaters, but I think I went to like a noon showing on a Tuesday or, or some ridiculous time like that. So it was very empty. Um, and then, you know, my second time, I suppose, was just today slash yesterday for the podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to shame anybody. Everybody had to choose some time to go back. I'm trying to remember (laughs) when I did. Uh, I also saw it in theaters, I think second weekend on a Friday early morning. I remember that we got out of the theater and Brand was like, how did I miss an appointment? I didn't know I had an appointment. (laughs) Then felt bad about it because... I guess spoiler alert, but I don't know that she particularly enjoyed the movie. So there was definitely a feeling of, I can't believe I missed the appointment for that. (laughs) But did you have popcorn? No, it's a scam. And then I watched it again over the last two nights because this is a long movie and I have no time. Did you have popcorn then? Yes. All right. Well, here (laughs) rectifying (laughs) past sins. Scam yourself, I see. Not a scam when you do it yourself. <laughs> Wait, <what>? so <laughs> don't go into it, Paul. Just All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My brain got really sidetracked for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet. Just trying to figure out of elaborate ways to scam myself. But yeah, I also had not seen Eternals. As much as I wish I could say I saw it on a packed Friday night. Uh, theater with a lot of people <laughs> coughing and I got popcorn and candy and soda. That actually that's one of my favorite things when I go to movies with Paul is that I know he's gonna get a lot of candy, he's gonna get a lot of popcorn. And we're just gonna And then sometimes he'll be like, Oh, you want anything? And I'll go, uh, okay, I'll have some licorice. Give me some milk duds and uh <laughs> One of those and 55 burgers, 55 50, yeah. <laughs> Stop, 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 stop. I'm trying to do something right now. <laughs> so, Charlie, kick it off. What should we talk about? I think the most interesting thing about this movie to me is that it isn't Exist? super. Yeah, that exists. It's not really all that connected to any of the previous Marvel movies. I mean, there's mentions and asides, but you could actually go into this not having watched any of the other films and you wouldn't be missing much. Did you find that good or bad? Uh, I mean, I, I'd liked it here. I think it was kind of necessary here with how much there is going on. And also, like, the stakes of it. They've got the Eternals, which are base, they're basically like gods, really, at least to the people of Earth, forming how we've evolved over time or how civilization has advanced. And so, just in the context of everything else, like, it's, it's interesting. I kind of address it later, where, like, it seems like in the past... They don't really care about revealing themselves too much because, you know, time just goes on and they become legend or whatever. And now they just don't seem to care about revealing themselves because there's so much other weird stuff going on that they're like, eh, people will just be okay with it. 
Well, I guess I don't know that I got that vibe. Like, I didn't get the impression that they were like, ah, oh, we no longer care. I seemed it's it was weird with, like, like, Kingo, like... It varied a lot, yeah. depending on who you talk to. Right, that's true. Which, which I suppose uh, that's true. Which eternal, yeah. Usually I like it when you can watch a movie and it is a standalone, you know? And it didn't have any, like, or too many connections. Because then you're like, oh, geez, like, are we just watching, you know, just a reboot of whatever? But... I don't know. I was I was very lukewarm about this this movie, uh, and I think it may have benefited from maybe a little bit of like more connection to the Avengers and the MCU prior. Or Shield. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Never had a movie made me ask for more Shield. <laughs> How would you feel if like Thor just popped in out of the sky in the middle of the movie? Would that have been Put good for you? Shit. I would have yeah, been. Yeah, that would have been great. No, I, I would have been the opposite. Going to be him post credits. That's for sure. I would have been like, this is <laughs> like this, this is now this is now too much. <laughs> like, there's also already a lot of characters, and like, all right, so now we've got these gods, essentially gods, and we've got an actual Charlie, god right. who's not finally like. <laughs> someone to like. No, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, Paul's not wrong though. Like, <laughs> you know, like Paul's not wrong about like having someone to like, but I actually. I agree with you, Charlie. I don't think I would have been happy if Thor or any of the Avengers would have shown up in the middle. I would have I would have booed it for the third time. <laughs> oh, or the first two boos. <laughs> they were at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, you're telling me that, that Kingo didn't steal your hearts? No, nobody did. <laughs> Maybe uh, his, his body. Karun? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got close. His uh, valet or whatever. I mean, he's what made the whole movie possible. I assume that that's canon. <laughs> <laughs> he had so many cameras. <laughs> he, was, he, he was like giving them to other people. Like, get over there and get me a shot of me with the camera. <laughs> I did like how every camera was a little different. <laughs> yeah. By the end, he's got like the the classic like fold out little screen <laughs> was this movie financially successful uh it's a hollywood looked, production so officially no of course <laughs> i looked it up and it was no like, and also budget, we'll never know <laughs> yeah the, the budget was like 236 million and the box office was like 402 million mm. oh, oh really okay yeah so probably not as good as they wanted I really appreciated what they tried to do with this movie. Both, I mean, as you guys already said, like that it wasn't really connected to the massively successful 25 movie juggernaut that came before it, uh, kind of trying to separate itself from that. And almost kind of at times feeling like an alternate universe, like beginning of the MCU where Marvel gave up all of their properties, except like the weird, like stuff that barely anyone had heard of. Uh, yeah. And like I said, while I have some problems with it, like, like they took a risk and it didn't fully pay off. And I'm worried that now they're going to take even fewer risks than they already have and just kind of revert to formula harder than ever going forward. That's that's my concern, I guess, with with how this turned out. I will say while watching this the second time, I did sort of get like a mental peek into like what a different upcoming mcu arc was that involved celestials and eternals and not multiverse nonsense and i kind of felt a pang of regret that we weren't getting that most likely 
So I think I'd rather have that than uh, multiverse stuff. Spoilers, I haven't seen any of that multiverse stuff. Well, I mean, you've seen Into the Spider-Verse. So just variations on that, basically. Sounds like madness. Everything is doing multiverse these days. All right, (laughs) so let's get into the details of the movie. Uh, Let's just start with the characters because there's a it's a big cast there's a lot of a lot of people in this movie i mean there's a lot of people i remember this movie and the one that i forgot actually was angelina jolie <laughs> and she pops up on the screen i'm like oh yeah she's in this too she is i thought it was too big of a cast for them to develop characters really well for me to start caring about them i think that's like one of the things i liked about and and maybe this is this is not a good comparison for this movie but like one of the reasons why i like the avengers was that you had individual movies where you started caring about those characters and then you like kind of got like a, a teaming up effect that was my my whole thing was just like i just felt like it lacked a lot of character development because the cast was so big it was kind of weird too how for large swaths of the movie like characters drop out and then come back and you're like oh yeah that person was introduced right. earlier yeah, exactly. i forgot about you know festus or whoever festivus <laughs> festus yeah i think you could have changed fairly little about the plot of this movie and turned it into a really really good like six hour mini series on disney plus or wherever you know just giving more time for the characters to be fleshed yeah. out giving i mean because they even they they raise some very interesting like philosophical questions in this like is it is it a good idea to save Earth if it means you're preventing billions of other civilizations from being created by the Celestial? I mean, I really like the bones of this story and the movie, but it just kind of... It, it, it's and, too fast. Yeah. Exactly. There's there's too much. And even even by that standard, like, why did they have, like, that weird deviant who was also a person? Like, that that could have been eliminated yeah. entirely. You still kept the deviants as kind of an antagonistic force. And you could have gotten another, like, 15, 20 minutes just to focus on the however many characters, six, seven, eight, that they were all just desperately needing additional screen time with when the when the deviant started talking that's like nightmare fuel like i did not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was rough. i was like i'm like am i watching pan's labyrinth again <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like i really thought that that was gonna go somewhere <laughs> yeah right like it was they were gonna talk and then it was gonna turn out like oh like they had their own culture and society too and blah 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 and instead it was just like i can talk now I can attempt to seduce you. Now I'm dead. <laughs> what was the the purpose for like Athena to fight and then like be like I remember? Like we know you remember the guy like or uh, Gilgamesh. Like like what was the whole point of that uh, battle? Well, that's like the trigger though. The trigger that gets her out of the state. Oh, she's, so um, she was saying in the that, state, yeah. and then yeah. then he does. Oh, okay. Good, because I was confused. Thank you. Also, I thought it might be setting up future movies where she has knowledge of previous eternal operations and stuff. Oh, okay. Wait, this is coming back? Said Eternals will return. <laughs> the Eternals will return depending joke. on <laughs> the box office returns. Eternals <laughs> will return as secondary characters in other movies. <laughs> you really can't st- trust those things anymore. In the new Star-Lord film. <laughs> and Kevin, it's funny that you mentioned that about it like being a like better as like a series cuz I think Marvel and Disney has this problem where it's like 
this is actually what I think I agree. It would have been much better as a TV show, whereas most of their TV shows would have been much better as movies. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to play that game with Kevin anytime I finish a Marvel series. I'll just text him and be like, probably should have been a movie. Okay, this was fine as a TV show. This definitely should have been a movie. And even within Disney, I know they are kind of flip-flopping on that. Uh, Armor Wars was originally going to be a TV series that they're now adapting into a movie. So they seem to be as confused about these sorts of decisions as we do, I guess. I assume part of that is the death of peak TV. Like they realized, oh, there's not an infinite market out there for these movies or whatever. We we do have to make a profit at some point. Yes. Right. <laughs> now, was this the beginning of... Uh... Of the next, like... No, this is actually the third movie in Phase 4. In Phase 4? Yep. Like, do you think some of it is just, like, exhaustion from, like, like from people for Marvel movies? Or You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, okay, I can't get into this again? Like I do absolutely think that's part of it, is that, yeah, like, Endgame is such, like, a capper on those movies that I think a lot of people were like, all right, I've seen this, I don't need to see anymore. Uh, I do think part of it's also just COVID. Oh, what? Uh, you know, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Because, you know, not only was the box office a little underwhelming, you're right, COVID absolutely had an impact on that. But, you know, the reviews, even by Marvel movie standards, I think this is still the lowest reviewed movie that they've produced. Is it lower um, than Thor, Thor Love and Thunder? I believe so. Like, uh, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes before doing this. I think it was like 40, high 40s, oh, maybe wow. like 48% of uh, reviewers liked this. You know, Marvel likes to talk about like, oh, Ant-Man is like, you know, it's Marvel, but it's a heist movie. And Captain America, the Winter Soldier is like a spy thriller. And this, I mean, they got you know, a, a, a an indie director to produce a Marvel movie. And I think the fan base of Marvel fans and like folks that like indie movies, you, it turns out like when you smash those two things together, you just kind of dissatisfy both groups. Like it was a little too slow pace talky for the people who just wanted to see a bunch of explosions and shiny things and anyone who came in expecting like an indie flick not that i can imagine anyone truly came in expecting an indie flick but someone who expected something of oscar quality definitely did not get that either it was a mixing of worlds that just didn't quite work out right yeah i kind of appreciated that though in some ways, it's nice to have a uh, a Marvel movie that's consciously trying to be like an epic. You know, biblical is not quite the right word, but kind of biblical. You know, I kind of appreciated that. It, it was <laughs> extremely refreshing. I agree, especially like I said, I mean, there were 25 movies before this, all of which didn't follow the exact same formula, but which followed a very rough Marvel-y formula. And this bucked all of that. And even though it didn't quite work, I am sad if they're not going to try more things like this as a result of mm. the, you know, critical and I don't want to say commercial failure of it, but, you know, the commercial underwhelming performance of this. Adam, did you appreciate the film like the first time you saw it or more so on your second? I think watch? I appreciated it a little bit more on this watch. My memory yeah. on after the first watch was that I didn't love it, but I appreciated like I was glad that it existed because it was oh, a little okay. different. And I think this time now, knowing that the third act is, might as well just say it, the third act's pretty poor, being sort of ready for that. And I think also actually breaking it up into two sessions, because I was only able to get about an hour and a half in yesterday. So it stopped more or less when they went back to their ship. 
and like unearthed it or whatever. Yeah. And like, but that's like, that's also roughly the part at which like the lower quality third act comes in. So it was like after watching like the first day, I was like, I actually am really enjoying this. I, I don't remember why it's so. <laughs> and then today it was like, oh yeah, this part's dumb. Okay. Yeah. They had to turn into a Marvel movie. Fine. Cause that, that to yeah, me really feels like it. that's the major problem with this movie is that it feels compelled to be a Marvel movie at the end. There has to be a big threat that they all have to fight. And there's a lot of honestly not great CG effects and stuff yeah. going on. Mm. I actually don't like the storyline of it either. Like, I don't know if there is a term uh, for this, but it's like this impossible angle where like, there's just no way that they're going to be able to beat it. You know what I mean? Like, like, even if they are like they're going up against the like this god that created them and erases their memories and creates everything and it's like well then wouldn't he just know everything and like stop you like i and i know that that happens a lot in marvel stuff but like this time it like really just like got to me i don't know it was more noticeable or something it it just felt way more noticeable where i was just like there's just no way and it kind of took me out of it tony your anime fan card is now revoked. <laughs> you can't enjoy a movie about a band of people getting together to fight and kill God. Or at least a God. Yeah, he's got yeah. a point. No, I... <laughs> I, I'll agree with you, though, Tony. It's like, they go through all this trouble, and they, they stop Earth from being destroyed. And then, yeah, it just does come up to, like, what's the uh, this God going to do now? And he's like, uh, all right, you can keep Earth. <laughs> you could have easily yeah, said, like, all right, and you're all going to die now. <laughs> I mean, this is... Yeah, as as easy as he, you know, takes them away from Earth and puts them right. wherever in the universe, they could have just gotten rid... You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it makes no sense. And I also read, too, that the original ending that they wanted to do was that the Celestial just wipes all their memories and sends them off to a different planet. It's like, all right, Earth's fine. I'm just going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i Give just another so shot. For, yeah for me that i didn't boo there but um yeah that's on my list of things well i mean in contrast to you guys like i certainly have some complaints about this movie and you are going to hear about them and, oh good and adam is probably going to demand that they be cut as oh. is our custom <laughs> so then we won't hear about them but overall i i kind of like this movie I went in with really low expectations, but still, like, I liked it. I will say, this movie's really beautifully shot. Yes. It does not look like a Marvel movie in that regard. I know Doug's complained at one point about the Marvel movies kind of looking flat. And I feel like for large portions of this, this doesn't look flat. That is actually one of my complaints. Is that it doesn't look flat? (laughs) Uh, The fact that this one seems to actually have a director of photography who's going <laughs> to like actually apply some art rather than just pure technical ability which is what so many of the other ones feel like is like it should be refreshing but instead every time there's sunbeams cutting across the screen you know like uh, the sun is just over somebody's shoulder it feels like they're 
spitting in my face. <laughs> wow. That's a real Charlie take. <laughs> wow, yeah. I like I like it. Like, Here's a good are, thing. This is why it's bad. Yeah, they're victory <laughs> lapping against me. Like the thing I've been saying to do, they finally do it, but what in the twenty third installment? Twenty <laughs> sixth. 26 even worse <laughs> it kind of felt like it was overused is the thing oh, i did like, notice it, a lot of like sunrise sunset shots yeah but also it just made me think about so kevin feige i don't know if heat's the right word but um took some uh derision because while praising uh chloe Zhao, he made some comment about how great a director she was because she would if she wanted a sunset she would just go out and film a sunset instead of having to do it on a sound stage with cg effects and everyone was like wait this is your standard (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah so all the stuff you're saying like that's that's the movie you get when you hire her as a director which is i agree i liked it but i mean i wasn't surprised some of it is something we should just expect more of other Marvel movies. Like it, clearly they filmed on location for, for a lot of these shots and, you know, contrast pretty much any earthbound scene in this movie with like uh Thor Ragnarok, where they're like on top of that cliff in, uh, I don't remember mm, what the yeah. hell they were like, which is clearly an entirely CGI cliff. Like it's, it's just night and day how much nicer these movies could look with just a little bit of effort. But that would be leaving Georgia. Right? Yeah. The tax breaks. Won't someone please think of the tax breaks? <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's why the where there was CGI in this movie, like particularly for the Deviants and Pip the Troll, especially. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it just felt so jarring. Maybe because it wasn't up to the level of quality that the rest of the uh, cinematography was. I mean, at some point we have to talk about Marvel's visual effects abuse, but I don't know if we're quite to that point yet. They are forcing visual effects artists to render entire scenes just so they can see what they look like and go, nah, I don't like that. Please spend another hundred hours doing something different. But yeah, it's it's nice to see a movie that is as beautiful to look at for as one of these. Because I don't feel like we've had one like that in a while. That it was genuinely like nice to just look at. As opposed to just, you know, not that they look bad, but, you know, there's a difference between good and beautiful. It's like the difference between Charlie and me, right? Charlie's good. He's fine. But he's not beautiful like me. And that's you. I'll take good. I'll take fine. (laughs) That's better than I get from Adam. Really going up in Adam's estimation. The nicest thing you've ever said to me. (laughs) He's going to cry. Like you're giving Dobby a piece of clothing. (laughs) Is that an anime thing? (laughs) Probably if you wait long enough. (laughs) Paul, get on that. (laughs) Making the the Dobby anime. (laughs) (laughs) Unexpected top of the season. (laughs) Dobby kills God. (laughs) (laughs) did we break adam no i want to watch it (laughs) you gave dobby a sock now dobby gives you release (laughs) the universe is mine
Uh, this is also a movie that has the excuse to go. I mean, I'm not sure that they went all over the world to get these shots, but since it takes place basically wherever in the world they want it to at whatever time in human history, like you can kind of pick and choose what you want your shots to be too. And so she took, you know, full advantage of what she could. Like I know of saying that like the North Dakota shot was actually somewhere in England. Yeah. Well, wasn't that South Dakota? <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was South Dakota. Well that you know, well jeez. Oh, <laughs> I've been to both Charlie's just been cancelled by the South Dakotans. It really struck me as more of a North Dakota shot, but it was England anyway, so yeah, and they filmed in the Canaries, as we mentioned earlier. But even the the very first shot of the movie, which was, you know, across the sun, it's CG, all of it's CG, but it was like, it's, oh, they're just going straight for the 2001 <laughs> reference, it felt like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just well, so I you mean, know, this even, is what we're doing. Dave. <laughs> Look, they, they already got the Star Wars reference in first, before that, so <laughs> you got to hit all those notes. Man, I'm looking forward to someone suggesting this for the sci-fi shuffle. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I actually really liked about this movie, which I'm bringing up forcefully because I don't want it to get lost in the mix. I particularly liked uh, the character of Icarus, like his motivations and character development all seem to to really hit the mark for me. I think it was actually interesting. Icarus, though, because somebody mentioned this at one point, and I ever since then I just haven't stopped thinking about it. But what do you suppose it is about current culture that we don't seem to really believe in Superman? Because that's who Icarus basically is in this movie, Superman. They even call him that at one point, right? But he's shown to be the one who is against them. Right. And then he has to fight and then he has to kill himself, essentially, rather than face the consequences or the aftermath or whatever. And then you also compare that with like the Zack Snyder Superman movies, which also seem interested in deconstructing the popular notion of Superman. Let's put it that way. Um, And yeah, so it's just kind of a, a thought of just like, what do you suppose it is that we don't really believe that someone with all that power could be on our side? As an aside, before leaping into the question at hand, even by on-the-nose standards, having Icarus fly into the sun was, was, that was, I mean, there was no subtlety, nothing resembling subtlety there. Um, I did like, I did like that they said that they made up that, that Sprite made up that story. Yes, yes. I mean, all of the references to historical figures that were basically named after, you know, Fina being Athena and uh, Icarus, obviously. There's so much great stuff in this movie that just didn't have enough time to breathe. Um, But but to to Adam's point, I I guess also jumping back into the point I just stated, I think reducing Icarus to like the guy who's against us. I mean, you're not wrong. He was against humanity in this case. But. I think there was a really strong argument for, you know, again, you're sacrificing billions of humans to potentially lead to trillions of new lives as this new celestial that they turned into a rock would have created new stars and, you know, caused life to thrive elsewhere. A utilitarian. Um, Sure, I mean... I'm not saying he's right or wrong objectively, but he's not just like a villain for the sake of being a villain. He has a pretty solid point. And yeah, yeah, that that's fair. I think 
part of it. Andy is doesn't that, murder. That is not what so, he's like in the comics. Well, he does murder a little bit. That that's oh, the yeah, one thing that kind of yeah. There's just the one little murder. Yeah, but, one, but yeah, there's a small not, murder, was, but he see, loved but, somebody. But he doesn't <laughs> behave that way in the comics. I think might be like he's sort of a jerk, but he's not. He's always on like the side of humanity. So maybe that's why it hmm. stuck out to me a little more in this movie that they had changed that motivation. Much well, how Superman I, sort of character motivation changes in the Zack Snyder films. Well, okay, okay. So you you mentioned the Zack Snyder films. You brought it up, and that is actually a good point because Icarus's story arc in this movie is basically Man of Steel, but retold if Superman had sided with the Kryptonians. Like it's basically the same story at that point. So you're saying, you know, do you save humanity and the Earth? Or do you uh, have the aliens uh, get their future? So you're saying that if Icarus's dad had committed suicide under a, a bridge during a tornado, that Icarus might have sided with humanity instead? So I, I'm basically, yes, I'm saying that because, <laughs> because Icarus was created, fully formed, he didn't get the kind of upbringing from the Kemp's that Superman got. And so, like, the closest he got to having that humanity uh, extended to a love for humanity, like, he couldn't do the love for humanity, but he could at least love Cersei and recognize her love for humanity and, you know, because of that, realize that he simply had no place. Like, there was no place for him in it. So I, I, I rather like that arc. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the characters and actors. Who did you like? There's a lot of people here. I did like Richard Madden as Icarus. Not going to lie. That's why I was kind of sad when he turned out to be less honorable. Yeah. Um, I did like uh, Gemma Chan as Cersei. Returning to the MCU after having been a villain in Captain Marvel. I thought she did well in the role, but I can think of just about every other character and something I found interesting about them. She was just like her character wasn't very interesting to me relative to like Faustus, who, you know, helped humanity technologically advance and then oops, make the atomic bomb or uh, Druig, who was, you know, grappling with, you know, peace versus free will. Like she was just sort of the protagonist character. Like I, I, I guess but I think she's sort of the audience identification character, right? She's sort of the in for all these people with strange powers and points of view like hers is probably the closest to ours yeah so i think that's sort of intentional but if she's integrated herself she has a phone she has a human yeah. boyfriend she likes lizzo which which back then was a good thing <laughs> oh, was that the oh yeah i forgot <laughs> was that the ringtone yes yeah. ringtone okay yeah, ringtone. yeah now lizzo's canceled so it's actually bad and I did like uh, Kamel Nanjiani. Yeah, he did provide some good moments. How did folks feel about him just piecing out for the climax of the movie? Like that was I, weird. It took me. Yeah, it was only until the, when the movie was over. Like, yeah. Uh, I thought to myself a little bit. You know, maybe if he'd helped out, Icarus could have won. Could have put him <laughs> over the top. I expected some sort of contrition or like maybe them ostracizing him or something. But he just shows up in that scene at the end, and they're like, yeah. We're still friends, right? <laughs> Even though I abandoned you all in your moment of need. 
<laughs> Didn't fight him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Mad for eternity? Come on. Yeah, yeah I know. But early, in those early scenes where they're just fighting and you see Kumail and he gives these sort of like smirks and stuff, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like like him. And then like he came back in later and was kind of like a very full of himself. I was like, oh, yeah, he actually <laughs> portrayed that pretty well just through the fight scene at the beginning before he said anything. <laughs> I was like, that was intentional. Okay. Also making a reappearance in the Marvel March since he was in Men in oh, Black yeah. International as uh, Kevin's favorite part of the movie. I am trying to remember anything about that movie right now, and uh, I am drawing a blank. It's, it's, it's a chess all piece. Gone. Was he a chess piece Pawnee. little guy? Pawnee, yeah. Oh, that does sound faintly Little familiar. CG character. Yeah. Got to drive the, press the button or whatever in the car. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, anyway, we don't have to revisit <laughs> that movie. I'm sorry. Wait a, this 4.5 movie out of 10 made a deep impact on uh, <laughs> Kevin, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's good here. I I especially like the the little vampire joke. I think it was probably the only part of the movie I actually laughed out loud at. I, I think... The joke he made that actually made me laugh out loud, I think, was the uh, what was the one where it's so they all like are meeting up on the ship, like kind of before the end. And it was uh, the two characters that we haven't talked about yet or like, oh, yeah. are seemingly like romantically involved. And, you know, he's like, is this new? Cause I hate this. <laughs> and I was like, I was, I was saying exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, Barry uh, Kyogen? Am I saying that right? Yeah, Kyogen. Another one I looked up. <laughs> yeah, Barry Kyogen as Druig. I mean, he's good. I like his character came around for sure. Yeah, I really like him as an actor. I mean, I think he was fine here, but I, I like the powers his character has and sort of the struggle that he goes through. I don't feel like it gets resolved in a way that like made sense. Like that's that's where you should go. I think that's where his character should go saying like, all right, they need free will or else they're not human. But how he suddenly decides after, you know, millennia of being on earth. And he's like, Oh, okay. I've come to that realization today. Look, they'll address it in the sequels. They're getting <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he ran a human zoo in the Amazon for hundreds of years. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it was kind of boring. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> and then there's uh lauren redloff as makari there's uh, a deaf actress how'd you feel about that by the way it seemed to be well done at first i was like wow everyone like really took the time to you know learn sign language well and then i realized they had like seven thousand years to do it or whatever so i was like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> look it's probably pre-programmed in oh right that's true so i guess they didn't even have to and it's also like the thing you Obviously, shouldn't think about it too much. I only thought about it for a minute of like, okay, well, they're speaking English, but English doesn't exist yet. And also ASL doesn't exist yet then. So like, but, you know. I thought it was cool from kind of like the like diversity, equity, inclusion type of, you know, angle. Like, yeah, I, don't think I, I can't remember when I've seen that. Are you allowed to say those words? I'm in California. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here in Michigan, we have to, like, kind of quiet diversity, equity, inclusion. <laughs> I believe Tony's required to mention it in every podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want my neighbors to hear me. <laughs> I liked it, like, you know, the representation from that perspective. But just as we're talking about it now, I guess I don't understand why the Celestials created a deaf eternal. Like, it, it's... 
it's it's part of the woke agenda of Disney. Oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was in Michigan. Right, I was going to say, we can say that very loudly around these parts. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it just goes to the thing where you're not supposed to think about it. You know, colorblind casting for, you know, certain movies or whatever. It's like, well, you just have to buy into it as an audience. Like, okay, this is not something that we're going to think about too hard. Yeah, it's fair. And just be happy, happy about what we're actually saying. Which is so hard for me, Charlie, to ever say. <laughs> Just be happy about what I'm watching. <laughs> All right. It's, it's tens out of tens from now on for you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No critical nope. thinking. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Nope. Sorry, Charlie. Nope. Uh, I'm going to pull a Charlie here and say I, lo- I actually liked it. But at the same time, it kind of made me realize how... Like, I couldn't come up with any off-the-top-of-the-dome examples of other deaf actors or actresses in film or TV. And it was like, this feels like an oversight. Like, it, it feels like we've hit upon a genuinely underrepresented part of society, and it kind of upsets me to realize that that's the case. So uh, there's a deaf actress in Doctor Who offhand. I th- was there one in Hawkeye as well? Or was she? Oh, just... yeah, I think she is deaf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have not seen Hawkeye. Sorry. Guy. Seinfeld also has an episode where he dates a deaf woman. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. I don't think that's ever come up. What? <laughs> 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 we haven't talked about it. It never happened inside. <laughs> <laughs> And Frasier doesn't have any, so. <laughs> but there's a new season coming up, October 12th, if anyone's paying attention. You're looking forward to it? I, beside myself. So that means you're of two minds about it? I'm basically like a Swifty, but for Frasier. <laughs> so you're going to buy the jersey? I'm buying the jersey. And then, uh, what did we think about uh, Brian Tyree Henry as uh, Festus? And his uh, actual gay relationship on a Disney Marvel Oh, movie? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you say actual? <laughs> well, because they keep sort of hinting at it and then running away giggling. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. They're like, did you know Spider-Man's gay? <laughs> <laughs> did you see how woke we are? We had a gay guy in Avengers Endgame for a whole three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like how you really hit the gay there. <laughs> it's taking me back to working with Chaz. <laughs> I liked that if it weren't for him, they wouldn't have been able to come up with the engineering solution that solved the whole movie anyway. You know, I was like, well, that's that's all what these movies are in general. It's always just an engineering problem. Waiting for <laughs> waiting for the mega mind to uh, be created. Unimind, thank you very much. <laughs> I've been wanting to just, I thought of Megamind the entire time, and I've been just, this whole podcast is safe. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I like that he was the one who actually, I don't know, he seemed pretty well adjusted on Earth. I mean, that's kind of what you're talking about, too, with Icarus. It's like, well, he he's kind of the opposite. Like, I don't, did he explain what he was doing all those years that he was gone? Certainly wasn't integrating with the humans. Well, I think that's because he had been told shortly after Babylon, that they were all doomed eventually. Right, right. So I think, you know, he decided not to get involved for that reason. I liked it. 
I thought it was good. I, I wish we could have gotten a sex scene like we did with uh, <laughs> <laughs> like earlier in the movie. <laughs> was that our first MCU sex scene? Yes. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I have been waiting for so long. <laughs> 26 movies. <laughs> Been waiting since Howard the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since that condom scene. (laughs) There was a distinct lack of bears, but besides that, it was everything I dreamed it would be. (laughs) All the sand I was hoping for. (laughs) Yeah, all I could think about was sand. In fact, I forgot what that scene was until someone said Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when did they have sex? <laughs> oh, in the sand. <laughs> it's By the way, rough and it gets everywhere. <laughs> sex in the sand is not fun. That's why Anakin hates it so much. <laughs> <laughs> was that the, what they were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you go back and watch, you know, like as an adult, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally sprite how do we feel about sprite uh worst haircut ever absolute trash haircut <laughs> I like just like just I walked into the barber shop <laughs> walked into the barber shop and was just like me up fam wow <laughs> We're off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to now think of like what are we, we really need to compile like a top ten list worst haircuts in Marvel movie properties. Because there's got trying to get those IO nine dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I wasn't. Now, now that AI can write that sort of thing, <laughs> I want to yeah. get into the business of writing it manually. I like it. I don't know, I guess I wasn't that offended, but I understand what her Doug is coming from. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it pains me to say that. Adam, as yes. someone who has recently reread the comics, didn't one of the comic uh, storylines involve Sprite basically betraying the rest of them? Because is it a he or she in the comics? He, we'll just go with they, I guess. Uh, because they were essentially really pissed off about being eternally adolescent. Uh, that's the Neil Gaiman's run, yeah. Yeah, so, like, as the, as the type of comic book viewer who uh, enjoys seeing stuff from the actual comics on the screen, I actually rather liked that, personally. Like, I can understand how for somebody who hasn't read the comics, there wouldn't that you know you wouldn't have that kind of uh flicker of uh recognition and so you wouldn't get that payoff but it's yeah, for the fans that's what i'm saying i'm much for less confused about you know her character after actually like after a little explanation so what's something about this movie you like that we haven't discussed yet i know we bashed the cgi a little bit particularly with the deviants but I did love, I guess I don't know if it was specifically the CGI or just the art direction of the Celestials themselves, specifically like the scale of uh, Arishem versus like the Earth, or at the very end when like the sky is covered in clouds and you see kind of those lights that are his eyes through the clouds. I remember the first time I saw that in theaters thinking like, okay, it's going to, they're pulling like a, 
Fantastic Four Galactus, you know, the old one, where it's just going to be kind of like hidden behind the clouds, and then the <laughs> clouds part, and it's just this like huge ass celestial sitting there. Like I, I love <laughs> the visual impact of of the celestials in general. At, at the end of that, it's only on screen for a moment, but as he teleports out, there's kind of a black hole yeah, visual yeah, yeah. effect. Yeah, I did that, that was like really well done. There was something about when Cersei was like, you know, yanked up. I don't know what it was about that effect if they didn't make her seem to shrink into the distance enough. But if it had a little bit of like a Team Rockets blasting off again feel to me, (laughs) like I could only kind of laugh at that. (laughs) It wasn't that bad, but it was like it was enough for me to just kind of notice. Like I wanted there to be a ding. Oh, Shoot, that is one thing that I disliked was the sound effect they used for Icarus's laser eye vision. And don't know what video game, I can't remember for sure what video game it is that I was playing recently that uses the exact same sound effect, but it very much felt like a, yes, this is a stock one that we pulled from the library. (laughs) Maybe that's why I was getting big video game vibes from whenever he was fighting those deviants because i also wanted it to do more damage and it was like frustrating from a gamer standpoint like these are like super strong laser eyes you're like cutting through buildings and then they're just like he's like blasting these deviants without any kind of visual like response it's just like hitting them yeah it was more like cyclops's force beam less superman's cut this building in half high beams one thing i liked i just realized we didn't actually talk about don lee as gilgamesh Boo, you but, took my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But uh, I really enjoyed the scene in the outback where he like is cooking for them and fermenting beer with his spit and corn and he has Sprite puts him in like the Gilgamesh like baby outfit. Like that whole <laughs> yeah. that whole like scene. Like I just really enjoyed and really enjoyed him and his character. That was sad when he died. And his power too when he actually is fighting like i thought they did a good job with that too the way they there's actually like a clang when he hits things or like you kind of feel the force of like his power i don't know i thought it was a good contrast to some of the other stuff did you notice him breaking the cast iron pie pan yes i like that too that was a very well done effect i thought one more thing they could have cut for time they didn't need to introduce the black knight character in this as someone who just happens to be dating an eternal robot. Yeah, that was a little weird to me. Yeah. That was that felt like, oh, we need something for the post credits, so yep. let's plant that seed in. And Harry Styles isn't enough. No, he is not. <laughs> That's when I boo that was one of my boos. <laughs> I was really hoping for, for him to just be like a a regular guy. Like, okay, now he's part of the series. You know, there's not enough just regular guys. In the, in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just the boyfriend. Thanos' brother. Although I did Star get, Fox, like... right? That, that is the real character, and he really is Thanos' brother. So, so was Thanos he an looks... Eternal then? Yes. Oh. Thanos in, is one of in the, the movies Eternals. now? Because, I, yeah, I knew in the comics he's got the deviant gene, but is of the same ilk. But are they saying that he was also created by Celestials in the movie universe now? Or Guess we'll have to find out. In Eternals 2. Boo! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what, a guy can't enjoy a good movie now? <laughs> nope. I did think that he looked exactly like the character in the comics, though. 
Harry Styles did. So yeah, being a low key Star Fox fan, because when I'm sure Doug can corroborate this, when we were little kids, my grandma had like oh, five or six comic books, and one of them had Star Fox. It's like an Avengers comic from like '83 or something, '82. So yep. So Love you, like, it first read sight. that one comic like uh yeah basically eight dozen times <laughs> exactly <laughs> did you dress up like star fox i did not because i don't I was, have red hair i was gonna ask if you painted your nails too that is a harry styles requirement has anybody else watched game of thrones and then was like really confused when it was like oh she's got married to richard madden and then like in the next scene she's in present day and then like <laughs> she's with kit harrington and I was like, wait, what's going on? I actually got very confused briefly. I uh, didn't know Richard Madden was in Game of Thrones. So oh, no, they play no, brothers in Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, cool. I only know Kit Harrington from memes, honestly. Yeah. I <laughs> I mean, I know Kit Harrington is Jon Snow, but I didn't know that Richard Madden was in uh, Game of Thrones, too. Oh, yeah. I guess without getting into spoiler territory, they're both in it for various lengths of time. As brothers. You just spoiled it. <laughs> Various lengths. <laughs> People like, die in Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. Right <laughs> what? <laughs> People die pretty pretty soon. People died in Game of Thrones. There's other stuff. <laughs> I thought it was just a thing that we wait for. <laughs> Who hasn't gone yet? That would like to go. I think I haven't gone, but I don't know. Thought it was Harry Styles. <laughs> I no, I actually really dislike that. That that made me mad. I'm not sure I understand why. It's just what's a, the beef with Harry Styles? It's just such a clear money grab. Like it's just so like, oh, let's have this singer be in a movie who's not really an actor or anything. Like I don't. It just what? Don't worry, darling. The greatest yeah. movie of all time. <laughs> Charlie tells me. <laughs> Next, you're going to tell right me that now. you don't enjoy Justin Timberlake's performances on screen. Or David Bowie. Yeah. Or Will I Am. <laughs> Wait, what's Will I Am in? X Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, like right. Duh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Cowboy guy, right? Yeah. It just was too much for me today. <laughs> <laughs> today was not the day for for that for harry styles it, he clowned taylor swift now taylor swift's dating a football player now swifties are ruining the nfl for me it's just it's <laughs> been a week <laughs> this sounds complicated <laughs> <laughs> i just want a blank slate guys uh i liked barry kyogen's character Druig and his power and sort of the questions he wrestled with like i said i didn't really like the conclusion of it how it just kind of abruptly ends but like that's an interesting thing to think about like oh if he could just control everybody and stop them from doing anything bad why isn't he just allowed to do that if the whole point is just increasing the population you could just kind of let things roll for a while that way couldn't you no but they had to also increase the intelligence too yeah yeah like does that count or does that reduce intelligent like do you need individual like consciences yeah to uh, to, to create have an a, excel a sum total you know <laughs> there's a lot of the like, characters in this movie yeah i'm realizing yeah. it's kind of overstuffed with characters we didn't even talk about salma hayek really oh, oh yeah barely in the movie yeah oh my other part that i booed at was when um 
Sprite uh, is transformed into a human because they have a little bit of Unimind left over. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I have a little bit of Unimind left. I can can give you whatever you want. (laughs) Look, it's a way to establish the fact that this actress is going to age. (laughs) (laughs) I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) so why not have festus make like some sort of like aging concoction or you know like paul said engineer that would would bring about some creepy connotations i think because he doesn't need to she's got leftover unimind power pay attention to the movie tony (laughs) no unimind (laughs) was all used up everybody knows it They just expect us to believe this. Yeah, they expect us to believe that there's extra Unimind left, just enough to make <laughs> just you into enough. a human. Like that, but that's it. Like no more special. <laughs> yeah, no more. We're done. That was that was too. I don't know, like, man. Oh, you so expect you, you, me to believe that there's only enough Unimind to turn a giant uh, space monster into Marvel and no nothing more, left no over? Exactly the right amount. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we could use this Unimind to, like, you know, actually, like, let, let's save it so that we can, you know, kill the god later on. No, 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 no. Sprite needs to be made a human. So ultimately, what do you think of this movie? Would you kill a god and save humanity? Or would you let the god uh, live and bring life to billions of more people, all at the cost of our garbage human planet? Ahem. Guess I'm just asking how many Unimines out of 10 would you give this movie? (laughs) (laughs) I will begin. So yeah, as I said earlier, I really like the first half to two thirds of this movie. It's got a sort of scope to it that a lot of the other Marvel movies don't have. I do think part of that is the cinematography, just kind of aiding that sort of feeling of just like expansiveness and grandeur. And I really appreciate that. And honestly, yes, it is a lot of characters, but I never felt like overwhelmed by it. Like at no point am I like, okay, there are too many people here. We need to cut at least three. Yeah, I thought that like bringing people in and out of the narrative was handled reasonably well. Where for me, this movie falls down pretty spectacularly, as I said, is the final act when it just decides, oh, we have to be a Marvel movie. And that involves a big world ending threat and a whole bunch of like CGI and CGI fight scenes. And it just feels like this isn't a fast paced movie, but it is a sort of methodically paced movie. It's kind of like a baseball game, like where there's a sort of steady pace going on, even if it's not exciting the entire way through. And that's kind of how this feels, too, is it's like it's got a fairly steady pace that I appreciated. And then at the end, it just is like, all right, big CGI fight. Yeah. Uh, Yes, it's pretty that it's in the Canary Islands, but in some cases it felt like this could have been any soundstage. And that just really kind of felt like it it let things down for me. Um, That said, I did appreciate that they took a bit of extra more time than I was expecting after that to sort of deal with some of the repercussions and wrap stuff up and not necessarily just go sequel enjoy so i don't love this movie but i i think i still stand by this i don't love this movie but i am glad it exists and it is a peek into what the mcu could have been if things had been a little different obviously we don't know at this point 
how things are going to play out, but just based on like the movies they've announced and stuff, it doesn't look like they're going to go down really this sort of celestial path. And, you know, I kind of, kind of wish they, they had, or maybe that they do a little bit, but in some ways, yeah, this might just end up being like a interesting little side alley that doesn't end up getting like explored fully. That's kind of sad. So I don't know. That's a lot of uh, conflicting feelings that I'm going to sum up in a single number. Like we are required to do here. And I will give this, just kind of looking at my other scores, I'll give this seven Unimines out of 10. It was probably trending higher until that last act. And then it came crashing back down to earth. But yeah, seven Unimines out of 10. Uh, So as uh, I think we've well established that my feelings are that this is a good but flawed film. But uh, I think at the heart of it, I really liked Icarus's character and I liked that they like they didn't pull the punch at the end they were like nope he is still the true believer there there is not going to be a reconciliation of that conflict and I really appreciate that so I'm gonna have to give this one seven and a half Unimines out of ten I guess the half one is uh Sprite because uh, she's an adolescent I appreciate that this uh, movie had some kind of new ideas in it compared to what we've generally seen. Probably the main complaints I have would be, you know, not getting really enough time with the characters to start to care or really like each one of them. But uh, it wasn't bad, but didn't really grip me all that much through most of it. I'm going to say six Unimines out of ten. I like this movie, but especially having now watched it a second time, in which, frankly, I probably enjoyed it a little bit more than my first time watching it, I I remain deeply frustrated that I just like it because there's so much in here that with more time, more development, you know, just a different format, maybe, it could have turned out to have been one of my favorite things in the MCU. And it's just, there's too much going on. There's not enough time to do all of it. Flaws aside, I I wish more Marvel movies would at least attempt something like what was attempted here. Um, I I don't remember exactly your word it's Adam, but like I'm I am glad this exists, and I wish that more things like it would exist in the MCU. Um, because you know, like I said, did this nail it? No, but it was close enough to nailing it that I, I i wish they continued pursuing like this sort of direction at least occasionally every movie doesn't need to be like this but i want more attempts at this from marvel um i will give this looking at my old scores seven unimines out of ten feels about right it's a nice step up from x-men apocalypse but the lowest of my mcu rankings i believe seven out of ten So I did not like this movie, but I think that talking it out has made me have maybe a little more appreciation of it in the context of the MCU in that I do think that I like the risks that were taken and the the storyline that could have been or or still is, I guess, because there's potentially a sequel. So but I really you know, struggled with just the lack of like developing characters and making me care for them. 
the now I, my anime card has been revoked and <laughs> I don't like the <laughs> impossible angle. So, uh, you know, that that whole kind of shtick um, just didn't sit well with me. I did audibly boo twice during the movie, rather, and um, I guess I'm not as big of a Harry Styles fan as I thought I was. <laughs> but looking at past scores, it is a lot better than Kick-Ass 2. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I think we're going to have to go back and watch it again to really know. <laughs> or, or fan four stick. Uh, <laughs> hmm. So, but I'm I'm gonna give this one. I think it's for for me in in my gradings. I think it's a it's a five. So firmly in the middle, uh, Uniminds. A real Howard the Duck. Oh, did I give Howard the Duck a five? You sure I did. did. Ooh. Well, when we do the the reboot of the Marvel March, because <laughs> everything's rebooted, right? <laughs> Look, what I'm hearing is that Tony gives Marvel movies with sex scenes five out of ten. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> saying a lot of stuff people have already said this movie feels a lot different than most of the other movies we've watched and i give it a lot of credit for that it's you know just the cinematography and the way the movie kind of takes its time and it's kind of a little bit separated from everything else and kind of allowed to do its own thing uh i've really kind of enjoyed that and the stuff that i didn't enjoy tend to be the the cg like of all the um deviants came into it it didn't quite work and all the stuff in the third act didn't really work for me very well either and so it's just makes you kind of wonder is like is having a director with this sort of point of view is that kind of like oil and water with the marvel cinematic universe i don't know like it doesn't really seem to meld super well here and it's like where you see all those seams is sort of the disappointing part of the movie. But at the same time, I mean, this is one that I might actually go back and watch again because, I don't know, I was really interested the whole time I was watching it. On the other hand, just a lot of things didn't work. So I, I'm i going to have to settle in actually still at the higher end, like more like an eight Unimines out of ten. Um, I really liked all the actors. I liked at least the idea behind a lot of the characters. And yeah. Could have been a little shorter, but it is kind of sort of epic in feel. So, a movie as good as Red Sonia. Oh, yeah, in a different way for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just saw Kevin gave Red Sonia. I was about to say, I still distinctly remember my review, which was I watched a small child crush an old man to death and felt nothing. Too out of death. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on the 75th installment of the Mary Marvel Movie March. Uh, For our next film, we will jump forward approximately six whole weeks to the third, third Spider-Man. That is Spider-Man No Way Home. So we hope you join us for that when we get to that. And hope you enjoy what little time you have left before Tiamat emerges from the Earth. I'm Adam Gobeski. I'm Charlie Wallace. We had four, well, I guess eternal guests with us. We had Doug Gobeski. The go with Deviant. Oh, well, we had two two eternal and two Deviant guests with us. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Gobeski. Thank you for having me. Paul Wilcox. It was a pleasure. Tony Huff. Thanks for having me back. And Kevin Vredevog. It's been a blast. Choo-choo! <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> <laughs>
I can't believe did we talk about Ingo literally got to use finger No, he didn't. <laughs> Real missed opportunity. Charlie, can you have the outro be like Blue Oyster Cult or something like that? <laughs> Pretty sure we have to pay for that. So it has to be a cover. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe ask... seven seconds of it. <laughs> can we can we ask? Uh, can we mash up like uh, Godzilla and? <laughs> Yeah. Don't fear the reaper. Oh, no. do both. I like that's original content. Go go Godzilla! That <laughs> worked. That did kind of work. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Kobeski Wallace Report. You can check us out on Facebook or Twitter if you'd like. And of course, you can visit our website, www.kobeskywallacereport.com, which features all of our previous episodes, so you can reminisce about the time that Charlie was attacked by a beaver. I don't think that happens. So many memories. Does anyone watch uh, Adventure Time? Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, We've been watching that. That show's still on? Uh, Fiona and Cake, the final episodes of the sequel series, will be airing tonight on HBO Max. What's HBO Max? Oh, God, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, Max. Max. It's called Max. Drop the HBO. Max. <laughs> yes. It's cleaner that way. Max, formerly known as HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, no, Car and I have been watching that. Uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> wait, what? Don't you believe? I don't believe you've been watching it. Oh, okay. Well, you have. Never once expressed a single interest in Adventure Time, and any oh, time not true. Discussed it. Oh, no, that's not true. We find, we'll watch <laughs> the whole thing. That is absolutely true. <laughs> Do not I, believe you. Oops, sorry. I think you're trying to steal some valor. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> and I can hear Adam's voice. He is being very truthful right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is like that time that Tony told me he was a huge anime fan. <laughs> <laughs> He likes the big O. <laughs> Paul then was like, name 10 animes right now. <laughs> I was like, Sailor Moon. Uh, uh, the uh, Yowie. Uh. <laughs> that H stuff. <laughs> Uma Musume. Hachikuchi <laughs> Maioli. All right, we'll we'll round it up. That's fine. That's acceptable. <laughs> you wow! I didn't realize you really are a big anime fan. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Color me surprised. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not sure it was good or bad, but the needle drops at the beginning and the end of the movie were very, <laughs> very noticeable. Like outside of Guardians of the Galaxy, it's kind of like, oh, we're starting out with Pink Floyd and ending with Foreigner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did notice the pink. I know, and it wasn't urgent. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why Adam hated it. <laughs> right, zero out of ten. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Could you imagine Adam being like some sort of movie critic, and he just gives zeros out of ten because there's no urgent. Like from four by four, <laughs> but that's every single one of us. Feels like a real on cinema kind of bit. <laughs> <laughs>